This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Welcome to Mosaic, the stories of real estate. We have got a great episode for you today. Ronnie Prado joins us talking investing. He's a real estate investor, a real estate agent in the beautiful state of Colorado. Join us for a great conversation on real estate investing. Well, hello, everybody. Mike Nelson, CEO of Efficient Lending Incorporated, coming to you from the studios of Rogue Media Network, high atop the Alaco building in beautiful Waco, Texas. And we have another episode of Mosaic, the stories of real estate for you today. And I am super excited uh, for our guest, Ronnie Prado, uh, who is a real estate agent and investor in a suburb of Denver, Colorado, beautiful Castle Rock, Colorado. Uh, which uh, was my hometown for oh, 21 years, so I have a special heart for, for Colorado. But we have a great episode today. We are going to talk not only real estate, but we're really going to talk about investing and from a real estate agent's perspective, but also from an investor's perspective, because Ronnie's got a pretty unique uh, story and journey in real estate, and um, I'm just pretty excited to chat with Ronnie. Ronnie, how you doing today? Oh, I'm good, Mike. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so so Ronnie, you you are a Texan who lives in Colorado. So you you're the smart one that figured out how to get away from the Texas heat and see the beautiful fall Colorado colors, but then come back to Texas uh, when it gets when it, when it uh, gets cool in the uh, winter time. But then you can go to Colorado and you live in Colorado, but you're you're there in the uh, in the hot summer. T- tell me about your love of Colorado and kind of your real estate journey and just get, give us some context. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, you know, I, I came up here for uh, school, uh, college specifically an engineering school, went through that. I met my wife there in school yeah. and basically that kept me in Colorado. So um, I stayed here and we, you know, we, we, we basically started dating and rented homes and, and, you know, went down the whole path of buying homes and, and, growing a family and, and now we're, we're loving our life here in Colorado and having the chance to visit Texas. So, so did, did um, you, when you finished college, did you have a traditional kind of corporate or outside of real estate job or were you buying homes kind of, t- t- tell me how you first, you know, purchased your, your first home and give me a context of what, what time, how long ago was that? Okay. Um, yeah. So basically what, what happened was I did, I got out of school. I had an engineering degree. I went into the engineering field and had a nine to five job, basically just was saving money and working and and dreaming of one day owning my own house. And I didn't really think about, you know, the long-term wealth side or investing side. It was more just what can I save and what can I buy and and get qualified for? And and eventually, um, you know, just stuck our head out. So instead of, instead of getting my license, I was actually just doing kind of deals on the side in real estate, meaning, my first ever real estate deal was actually wholesaling. So, you know, I had my job, but I wanted to figure out how to, you know, buy and sell a house and make money without a license. And you can do that in many ways. And one of them is wholesaling. And that first wholesale was a, uh, uh, basically a pre foreclosure deal I had found. And I had used a real estate agent to come in, write up the contract 
and I sold it basically before it even closed and made money on that deal. And that's how you wholesale a deal without a license. So, so you're working nine to five in an engineering degree. Are you married at this time or you're building your family? Or are you still, are you still uh, in that kind of post-college pre, pre-family phase? This was all pre-family, definitely. So I was just nine to five. I had my girlfriend. Maybe we were engaged at this point. We had been together a long time. Maybe we didn't get married until probably, I think it was eight years after dating. So, <laughs> What took um, you so long, man? <laughs> yeah, that, that was my question, too. <laughs> I guess awesome. from a guy's perspective, I was scared. I wanted everything to be perfect. I wanted to have a house, a, a job, you know, insurance. I just wanted it to all be you know, quote unquote, perfect. And looking back, I, I wish I would have just married her right away and yeah, then figured it out later. Yeah, but. You're awesome. That is great. So, so you're working nine to five and you're realizing, um, did you have an aha moment when you kind of realized that investing in real estate, it, it, I, I love the story because you started buying homes before you became an agent. Uh, Correct. So did you have an, like an epiphany or an aha moment or before you wholesaled your first house or, or was it really just you stumbled into it and you realized after the fact what a great idea that was? Yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of both. Um, I wanted to figure out how to, you know, have some, you know, quote unquote side hustle income or investing income, something on the side of my nine to five that was different that I could kind of, you know, do a, do it on my own time and also make a little money. And I didn't even know what wholesaling was or what I did to get the deal done was such a big deal in terms of real estate. Um, once I had lane of the deal and had the contract signed, I had a lot of agents freaking out saying that, that, you know, one in a million people can do that in this market. And how did you do it? And I just, to me, it was nothing back then, you know, it was just looking for, for, for an investment opportunity and, and making a little money and going from there. So, so explode. it was more of a kind of a combination of an aha moment and a, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I got it done deal. Yeah, so explode. Most of our listeners, in fact, I think most people in the industry, even agents and lenders, don't really understand what wholesaling is. Talk just for a minute about what it means to wholesale and what wholesaling a house is, kind of how how a wholesaler approaches the market versus, say, a real estate agent or just another investor. Right. So in a wholesale deal, um, there are a lot of ways to kind of to get one done, but the main objective is to get a deal kind of off the market that doesn't ever see the market. And then you are basically the middleman between, you know, finding, you know, getting the seller and then getting a new buyer. So you're like the middleman of the deal, almost like you put together the piece of the puzzle that that makes the puzzle whole. And so that's the wholesale piece is basically you find this deal, an opportunity, whether someone's in distress or needs the money or, or they don't know what they're doing or who to find to help find a house for sale you lock it down in a contract and you obviously get it at a better price than what the market is. If it were to hit the market and then you, then you basically use the real estate agent to go out and, and bring it to market. And then you sell it either to another investor or you sell it, you know, to an in, in person who's basically a family or someone. And um, that's the whole piece of the pie is you're, you are putting together the deal and basically coming up with everything that needs to be done and then walking away with a little bit of money for your efforts is how I see the wholesale market. Yeah. So when you're wholesaling, uh, let's say you wholesale 10 homes of those 10 homes, how many of those are being appraised and how many, you know, and have a long, longer 
closing cycle versus how many of those are you buying sight unseen? Right. And that, that, that could be, there could be a number of answers, like number of answers to that question. So it depends on the house itself or the condo or the townhome or, or the property. Basically, if it's an, if it's something that you are going to um, buy, then you would have to get that appraised and you would have to get that approved. But if it's not something that you are going to buy and you were just going to say flip it before it even closes, then you wouldn't even have to go through down that line of a lot of that, um, you know, getting it, the appraisal and getting a loan tied up because you're not actually going to be the one to purchase the home. The, the, the point is you're trying to sell the home before you make the purchase of it. But if those homes need say an appraisal, or they need, you know, the appraisal comes through on the mortgage side and they say they need it, then you will go down that. So it could be, like I said, it could be anything. It just depends on the property. But um, there's really no no way to answer that specifically on how many times you would have to go down that, that path of getting the appraisal and getting a mortgage on it. But it just depends on where your end goal is on how you're going to sell it. So Yeah. So, uh, what's, but, so what's interesting about wholesaling is, and I'll bet you for most of the listeners uh, on our on our kind of episode here today, you said something that's going to definitely catch the, catch their attention. And that is you may sell it before you buy the house. And that's, you know, the, the speed of the transaction and wholesaling is lightning fast or it can be lightning exactly. fast, which is what you just said. Sometimes it's not, but it certainly can be. Um, okay. So you got into wholesaling. Um, so if, if wholesaling, you know, obviously how much do you wholesale now versus, uh, doing, you know, traditional real estate investing where you're representing a, you know, a, an investor who's buying in the market. Do do you do both now or have you landed in kind of one camp or the other? Yeah, I, I kind of do both. I don't really have, um, a camp or, you know, a side that I, that I stick to or choose to. I don't, I don't like to, you know be one or the other. I like to kind of see all deals on the investment side. And, and I have, I have clients that will wholesale and I have clients that will buy long-term, you know, or, and then when they buy long-term, they might turn that property into, uh, you know, a short-term rental or a long-term rental or the wholesaling uh, side would be just people looking to make quick, a quick buck here and there or a flip or something, or, you know, that's just a different type of investor and how they want to spend their money. So, uh, you know, it, it just depends on who I'm working with and what we see in the market. But deals come up the time. You got to be out there looking. You got to be vigilant. You got to be hungry for them. And you got to be, you know, ready to pounce. And so part of that meaning you got to be ready is even though you're wholesaling, you still got to be approved by a lender so you can tie up that property in a contract. Because if, if that property, say, is being, say the owner of that property goes through another real estate agent, and they want they want to and you want to be the wholesaler on the deal. They're going to ask for you to show your qualifications on that lending side. So um, you still want to make sure that you've been approved or have talked to a lender that if the deal does fall through and you have to end up buying it without a wholesaling, that you are fully approved. So um, it's now, not like now how do it's the, not like you how do the you're li- not going to buy it, but you're going to try to sell it before you have to buy it, basically. So how, how do the lenders typically feel about working up the pre-approval on a house you're wholesaling? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I'm not a lender, so I wouldn't know the answer. Oh, you no, know, that was a job joking with you, Ronnie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm joking with you. But but it actually brings a segue into a a, a good point. So when you, when you're wholesaling and you're doing traditional uh, representing traditional real estate buyers, 
do you have a team of people you work with? I mean, obviously you and I have worked together, um, but do you have title reps or inspectors? I mean, how, how do you, do you approach this from a, you need resources to cover the market? Um, you know, what's your headset on that? And then kind of the follow-up question on that is you mentioned about how hungry you have to be. You got to be in the market and seeing opportunity. What's your typical day like? Are, are you, are you uh, looking at, at, uh, at listings all day long to find opportunities? Or are you talking to other wholesales to, you know, how are you finding the homes that are coming on the market? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I'll start with the first question. Yes, I would say you still have to have um, all the tools in your bag, just like you were as a normal deal on a, on a real estate transaction. You still want to have an appraisal guy or a group or some people that you work with. You want to still have um, your your lender or your, you know people that you work with, and then same with the appraisal. I mean, not the, the appraisal, the inspector. So you want to have all that still lined up because you want to still make sure that that property is is good to go, and it is what it's being showcased as. So definitely, you want to be in touch with all that, and, and you may have to spend some money as part of it um, out of pocket doing all that as a wholesaler. Uh, so that's just another piece of the pie that you want to make sure that you're ready for. So, so you have, so when you're wholesaling these houses and then looking at investment side, and if you were coaching other real estate agents, you got to be somewhat comfortable with risk. You you may spend money on an inspection for a home that you never purchase. I mean, that, that's kind of, that's what the game, that's the game you're playing. If you're not comfortable for risk, this is probably not a good idea for you. I mean, where do you kind of land on that spectrum? Yeah. So, Wholesaling is all about risk. I mean, you're trying to get a deal uh, basically in and out of your hands in 30 days or less. So, or 60 days, whatever you can tie it up for the whole, you know, and so you may end up keeping that home or property if you don't get the deal done. So you got to make sure that on your side, you're doing your due diligence of that is something that, that you will be able to hold, you know, long-term if you can't get the deal done on the wholesaling side. So there's a lot of risk and that's why you still have to be qualified to buy it and you still have to make sure that the home qualifies for whatever the price is that you're negotiating and you have to put up all that capital that you may never see may have the deal fall through but you went out and spent money on the inspector uh the appraisal and you you talk to some lenders um then yeah you might you might be out of the out of some cash if it doesn't come through so you know that's one way to see it. So there is a lot of risk involved there for sure. Now on the, on the investing side, um, you know, there, there are analytics like cap rates and cash on cash. I mean, there's all these different analytical tools. And what's interesting when I've worked with a lot of real estate investors, um, you know, if you Google, uh, you know, real estate investment metrics and analytics, you'll see the, the, the popular ones that pop up. But in my experience, most of the real estate investors that I work with, um, they've developed their own analytics uh, to, you know, to measure their profitability or what's a good investment or what's not a good investment. If you're, if you're talking to somebody who wants to become an investor or they, you know, they own a property and they want to leverage that property into multiple investment properties, how deep do you get on the analytical side? Are you, are you saying you have to use this formula to calculate a return on your investment, or do you do you work with them creating their own kind of secret sauce? What, what's your opinion on on the secret sauce and and the best way for a potential investor to figure out how to measure you know whether they should buy and what type of profit margins they want? Yeah, that's and that's a good question. 
because I hear that all the time. Basically, every investor is different. And in real estate, that's the beauty about real estate. You can get as creative as you want on the investing side. You know, you don't have all the analytical, you know, numbers and, and programs and, and, and spreadsheets to tell you, you know, where you should be at and what you should do. I think a lot of it is 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 coming down to knowing the market and your local markets and even your hyper-local markets of what you're going to buy in and where, you know, the pricing is and where they're going and where they've been at specifically. And as a real estate investor, you know, you can work with an agent to help you determine, you know, what's best for you, where you want to go with this property, may there there be a short-term rental, long-term rental. And there's even more analytics to go on top of those if you're going to actually try to use them as rental properties or flips or wholesale them. So the analytics can go forever and as deep as you want, but I just base it on basically what the investor wants to what they want to do with it. Are they looking for long-term or short-term or, you know, just a quick flip and, and take it from there. But you can definitely go down the, a deep, deep rabbit hole of, of numbers and, and how to make everything work and what you want to see on a profit, you know, on your profits and your, your ROIs. But definitely you can go anywhere you want. And that's why I like the creative side of the real estate investing. Yeah, no. And, and we've had so many enjoyable conversations on that because <clears throat> I mean, you're really creative in the marketplace. That, that, talking about the market or the hyper market, I love how you phrase that. Um, it's a good segue. Um, you know, ob- obviously we are in a challenging market, a low inventory market right now. Um, we're recording this in October of 2023. Um, and you and I have had conversations about the market. Is it a good time to invest or not? But I want to kind of explore that a little bit because um, you've been doing this long enough to know boom markets and now we're in a challenging market. Kind of talk about your perspective on the market and inventory and interest rates. Is it a good time to buy? Is it a bad time to buy? Kind of, kind of give me your thoughts on from an investment and a real estate agent who specializes investment. Give me your thoughts on, on where we're sitting today and is it a good time or a bad time? Right. So, you know, the, basically what I would, how I approach that question is, you know, if you want to invest, it's always a good time to buy. And that by, by that, I mean, there's always deals to be had out there in the market and they pop up every day. You just got to be out there looking for them. And it, unfortunately the rates are where they're at. So you're going to have to pay, you know, whatever it is on the investment loans or your normal loans to get the property. But if you also have cash, no one even talks about the interest rates on a cash buy, obviously, but the, the prone pricing right now is, it's good. You know, it, it, it's going to go up, it's going to go down, but you won't be able to actually make any money unless you're in the market, sitting on the sidelines and waiting and waiting and timing and waiting. You could be there for the, your whole life and you'll never know if you are going to have a good deal or not. So my advice to a lot of people that are getting into investing or want to buy real estate is just talk to a lender, get approved for as much as you can, and then jump in the market and buy whatever you can because you can't control home prices going up or down historically they've gone up and so if that's the thinking in this whole real estate game then you will find a way to create that profit at some point in your life and it could be short-term or long-term goal but the only way to jump in is either have the cash and and get in or talk to a lender and get approved and you may have to start with a townhome or an apartment as your first deal or even your first primary home and that's okay you will make money eventually 
as long as you're in the market, sitting on the sidelines and trying to time it and wait for interest rates or home pricing, you know, if the rates go up, the prices kind of go down or they go stagnant. If the rates go down then the pricing is going to go up, but now you're waiting and you're fighting the next, you know, where we were the last two, three years was all this bid war. The rates are so low and everyone was coming with the bid war. If you, the problem was you got qualified easy, but then you got outbid every time because then the cash buyers showed up or the people that could come up with a difference in cash and outbid these homes, you know, 20, 40, 50, hundred grand in some market over asking. And it's just, that's a whole another ballgame that people for already forgot about. And now we're in this whole, you know, interest rate ballgame. So yeah, like I said, just talk to a lender, get approved and get in and get whatever you can buy is my advice on uh, starting your, your real estate uh, journey. Yeah. You know, Ronnie, you bring up one of the most important parts, which I think the vast majority of the market misses. Uh, and you, you just intuitively always get it. You say, you know, interest rates go up, prices, you know, then sl slow down their appreciation. Because even today, if you walk down the street and you say to somebody, are our home prices in America appreciating right now? Most people say, no, they're not. They're going the other way. It's not true. Actually, home prices right now are appreciating somewhere between 3 and 6% in most markets in the United States. And so what people don't understand, which you intuitively get, is interest rates and price are connected. Most people think that it, prices will stay the same if interest rates come down, and that's not how it works. So mm -hmm. interest rates are coming down. Inflation is in check, whether the Fed is and the White House are accurately reporting it right now. It is. Interest rates will come down. I can't tell you when. But when that happens, what you alluded to is going to be the problem. We're going to get into bidding wars again. And if you're sitting on the market on the sidelines waiting, you're missing out on, on amortization. So if you buy a house today, uh, investment property or primary residence, uh, you're amortizing that house if you're using financing. And so, you know, you don't ever want to miss out on the opportunity to start buying and getting equity in the home because that equity is going to become leverage downstream whether you want to, you know, however you want to get into the market and, and explode it out. So, um, man, I love your, I love, agree. I love talking real mm -hmm. estate with you, Ronnie. It's uh, it's always <laughs> a fun conversation. So before we wrap up here, you've uh, been so generous with your time. I'm so thankful for you coming on. Um, any pearls nuggets, if the, the, what you've been doing this for a while um, and we've talked about building legacy and generational wealth legacy, you know, is real estate investments that you can pass on in your, to your, to your family, to your kids and generational wealth is the same. So, and I know you're a big believer in legacy and generational wealth, um, mm -hmm. because you've already said that. Uh, but if you had one nugget or pearl or, or piece of wisdom, you would get to anybody listening that is thinking, you know, should I jump in with both feet or should I sit in the sidelines? What, what is the one kind of nugget or piece of wisdom and knowledge you would you would start with somebody who's thinking about doing what what you've done yeah um you know i think yeah, honestly i think if you want to get into the real estate market whether it's primary or investing my one piece of advice is to just get qualified talk to a lender and get qualified and buy whatever you can get qualified for um it's as easy as that if you're if you're paying rent for a home or an apartment right now then obviously you can make up that payment every month. But if you want to buy a house, try to get qualified for that same payment or, or, or apartment or townhome and put that money to work for you. The second you can get approved and buy your own property, 
You're now setting up a forced income savings account. You're paying down on a piece of property. You know, historically, they've gone up over time. And when the time is right, you can sell it and use that money to buy your your actual bigger property if you want to upgrade. Or you can take some money out, refinance, and, and try to invest with some of that cash. So my, my piece of advice is, is if you want to get into the market and own real estate, talk to a lender, get qualified, and buy whatever you're qualified for. When Don't you, even think it twice. When you say forced income or forced savings account, I know what you mean, but what, what do you mean by a forced savings account? I love that phrase. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that phrase, by the way. But what do you mean by it? Yeah, so basically it's just, you know, you're, you are, you're either paying rent and paying someone else and all that money's going away and you never see it again. Or if you own a piece of property that's on, a, you know, say on a, a loan, Every loan payment you make, that money is going into the property and it's growing with the property and you can see it as you're paying down the property, but at the same time you're growing basically your 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 profit when you go to sell it, which is, you know, your what you want at the end of the day is how much you can build, how much you can how much you can sell that property, you know, how how much you can sell that piece of property for. So you're forcing yourself to basically pay yourself. And then by that, you're paying off property slowly and surely over time. Yeah, no, it's a great concept. And uh, I love it when you talk about that. Hey, before we wrap up here, um, do you want to give a shout out to kind of your contact information and where you're working and what you're doing? So if people want to connect with you, they can do it. Yeah. Um, if anyone wants to connect, my my contact is uh, com. You can reach me on my cell phone at 612-990-6366. And I am a real estate broker's associate here in the state of Colorado. And I am currently with HomeSmart. But, um, you know, if you guys need anything done, any deals, whether you want to talk for free, just go have coffee or, or learn more about real estate in general, uh, please feel free to reach out. And I'd love to talk to anyone and everyone about real estate. Well, hey, Ronnie, I just love chatting uh, real estate with you. It's always a fun and enlightening conversation. And uh, thanks for giving us your time today and joining us. And I'm sure we will do this again. And uh, I hope you have a great finish to your week and have a great finish to 2023. Thank you, Mike. You too. And um, I look forward to the next one. You All guys right. take care. You talk to, talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us on Mosaic, the stories of real estate. And a big thank you, as always, to Rogue Media Network and their support of this podcast. They're so appreciated. My name is Mike Nelson. I'm the CEO of Efficient Lending Incorporated, a mortgage company located in Colorado, Texas, and Florida. You can reach us at YouTube at Efficient Lending or on Facebook at Efficient Lending. And of course, I always love a phone call at 720-419-3016. Email works as well at mike at efficientlending.net. Efficient Lending Incorporated, NMLS 1876539. And my individual NMLS number is 1314188. As always, thanks for listening to Mosaic, the stories of real estate. And we look forward to connecting with you again on a future episode. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.